At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time on KCLR with myself, Eddie Scally in the hot seat. Lots to look over today. On today's show, we're going to be talking to Killian Lett about the Irish rugby team's performance at the weekend and, of course, the Lions tour. I'm going to be catching up with Mikey Drennan, who's going to chat to us all things the European uh, Cup final from last night and England's unfortunate defeat in the finals. Owen Carey here, our very own Owen Carey, is going to bring me up to speed with all the action in the AFL. But first, I'm going to start off with a Kilkenny team that's after qualifying now for an All-Ireland final in the under 16A Camogie and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Seamus Kelly the manager of the Kilkenny under 16 Camogie team uh, Seamus thanks a million for taking my call thanks very much Seamus um, it was a, f- a very big win I was trying to, as much as I could yesterday to keep an eye on it on Twitter um, like it was a huge scoring game 417 to 411 yeah no it was it was, um, it was some serious scoring um, done especially half Burger hitting, hitting 417 in 60 minutes at under 16 age is, is, a, is a fair a fair score and as I would have mentioned in a talking about Quilty yesterday that against Dublin we hit close to 16 wise and it was something that we knew we had to work on and correct if we were to find ourselves into an alert and final which we did we corrected it to hit 17 points even if you take out the goals it's still fair fair scoring from them so we were delighted with that result and is it a case of improvement every time they've gone out in the field that, that you're peaking at the right time if that's the right way of putting it I mean you, you know I was I was genuinely stunned uh, when I seen the score I was chatting to Ronnie the day before and I knew he was very excited about the game himself and he you know he felt that you were going very very well but you know is this a team that's just progressing every every year is it just progressing every week I should say and hopefully are we going to see a team in peak performance uh, next week against Cork yeah, look, Eddie, it's it's, a, it's an interesting journey we've been on. Like, like we have to remember, only a couple of months ago, we were in the middle of a pandemic. But we kind of we still are, I suppose. But we were in more of a lockdown, and like we we were making the decision: how do we how do we get this going? So, like we we put the word out, we gathered all the names in of girls who wanted to go forward for under sixteen. I think one hundred and thirty names came in, and I put together a strength and conditioning program for the guts three months for all those girls to give them a bit of structure and kind of a bit of a routine from going out getting runs done to doing little S&C sessions from in, in their own house you know and sure then once we got the green light we only had less than a week a week and a half to get a, a panel take as best we could have we went with 37 in the end and then get four weeks to the first game, uh, championship game and you know we, 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 we beat Wexford and then we next week bet Dublin we then had a two week break until the game there yesterday but these girls are a, they're, they're an amazing bunch because in the short period of time, and they missed a year of development now as well because um, everything got cancelled last year like with the whole minor fiasco which I was involved in where they cancelled the competition, the 16s didn't finish and 14s never went ahead. You know, they're after growing so much in the last four to five weeks and yesterday's game is going to be a, a serious education on how to deal with pressure because every time Tipperary came at us, our girls were able to answer with a score up the pitch, like you know, um, it's fantastic to see. 
Yeah, and that is like it's just when you say it about pressure, it's like it's a massive thing for 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 a group of young players. Like a lot of these girls wouldn't have set the junior cert yet. They're they're very very young girls. So you know to be going in and playing now, they're preparing themselves for an All Ireland final. I'm sure like for yourself and your backroom team. And I was looking at that. You've you've a very good strong backroom team with you. You know this week is going to be about getting bodies ready for the game again. It's a quick turnaround, but but also trying to keep the nerves at bay. I'm sure as well. Yeah, like again, these are these are under sixteen. But if you're watching the game yesterday, you you think they were nearly like a, a minor, a minor, a minor team. Like, um, like the pressure yesterday was something they never felt before. And like, there's there's probably five girls in the team that are probably still only fourteen, and one girl only turned fifteen yesterday. Um, and yes. You know what I mean? It looks like they've been playing for years, you know, and you've got there 15, only going on 16. Um, the week ahead with pressure, yeah, look, this is going to be something very different for them all. Um, it's going to be another another education in regards to how to handle this type of pressure, the build-up. Everybody's going to be talking about it, you know what I mean, about the game leading up to it. There's a lot of social media yesterday, there are pictures going up, you know what I mean, can share it everywhere, getting radio waves as well on it, like, you know. But, we have a routine and we, we, we're going to stick to that routine like we're, we're a very grounded bunch we know that like Cork are the favourites there's no question about it they always have been if you're to win all Ireland this year you have to be Cork they're, they're the they're the benchmark at, at this at this grade this year you know um, but like we're going to stick to our plan it's what we've done from the get go after every game we got back to the training pitch we looked for somewhere to improve but this week now is going to be massive the girls are on the recovery programme they're, they're working they're working away there now um, this week to get themselves fresh get the energy levels back up you know, and, and just get themselves um, set for um, this Sunday and just, just on this Sunday itself um Seamus, it's the tickets. I know there was only five hundred allowed to attend the game uh, yesterday. Um, have you been given any indication as to what will, will they increase the number slightly? I know when I spoke to Ronnie, like one of the things I was saying to him was about it, it must be so difficult to tell someone they can't come to a game because of you know the numbers restricted and whatnot. I'm just wondering, is there a chance that they might up the numbers a small bit for the final, or have you been told anything yet? No, I, I, I don't know anything about that yet. As far as I know, it's still, it's still the same. Um, still the same. Unless something change, uh, changes during the week. So, um, yeah, no, I know as much as you do at this minute. Okay, and then the last question I have for you is: Have we a full bill of health at the moment? Is there anyone picked up knocks yesterday, or is anything we're worried about? Or are you thinking you're going into this game with a full bill of health? Yeah, no, there's looks like in in a short period of time to get a team ready, you're going to pick up knocks along the way. Amy Coy had to come out be withdrawn yesterday with her hamstring, so that's a that's just a concern, but we're we're getting that looked at straight away and there's a couple of other little knocks there that just need to be addressed and um tomorrow we'll we'll get a we'll get a full report on where we're at like but a, a lot of it is within our control. And just uh, hoping Amy's comes right because she's a she's a strong player to to have on your on your on your on your team. You know what I mean? Like so, um, we've we've been very lucky so far. We've one girl broke her finger during the whole journey, so feel of course she won't she'll be missing that um, talking out with us. But she'll be there as well. She's she's as much as part of this as anyone else is, you know. But no, look, we're we're we'll get through this week, Eddie. We'll give it we'll give it we'll give it our best go, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of people wouldn't have thought this group would have gotten this far but but with a bit of hard work and a bit of structure and a bit of bit of belief, you know, anything can happen this Sunday. No, well Seamus, thanks a million again for taking my call. Fingers crossed for Sunday and I hope you all really enjoy this week, especially the girls because you know we like this don't come around very often in a week preparing for an All-Ireland final so I just hope everything bounces the right way for you on Sunday and, and who knows maybe I'll be chatting to you next Monday as an All-Ireland winner Perfectly.
Thanks very much. That's brilliant. That is, of course, Seamus Kelly, the manager of the Kilkenny under 16 Camogie team, who will be playing in the All Ireland final next Sunday in Burr against Cork. And we wish them the very best of luck. We're going to take a quick ad break there. Full time on KCL or well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back. At the weekend, the rugby kind of kicked up a little bit of a gear and in the Aviva Stadium, we were treated to Ireland versus the USA in one of our friendlies. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by former Irish amateur international Killian Lett to talk all things rugby. Killian, thanks a million for taking my call this afternoon, this evening, evening. You there, Killian? Sorry about that. No, thanks a million for taking my call, Killian, there. Uh, I was just looking at the Ireland-USA game at the weekend. Uh, a fairly emphatic win for Ireland. Yeah, it surely was. Uh, they gave him a good beating now, to be honest. Um, look, I, Ireland were very impressive. I don't know how much they're really up against, but it was good to see the likes of Joy Carberry, Caelan Doris, all back playing, playing well. Um, and it's good to see young guys like uh, Rob Balcon get a uh, run and score a great try. Um, when you look at international games like that, Killian, uh, like I mean, you know, the headline maker for the game was was Ronan Keller running in four tries. Um, that that equals the, the most tries scored by one player in an Irish jersey in a, in a rugby international. Like, you, I don't want to cheapen it at all. Like, but was it a little bit of a pointless friendly? Um, I don't know how honest you want me to be here. Uh, probably not a pointless uh, friendly, but I, I suppose any time you give it, like, you represent Ireland, it's a huge honour. And I suppose a lot of guys got their first caps. Um, it was great to see Gavin Coombs get a good run. Um, and even Paul Boyle there from Gorey getting a run, which is great to see. But, uh, uh, like, Ronan Keller scored four tries. Uh, he was on the end of a Hugo Keenan break, and then I think the other three came from a push over Mall. Um, like, it kind of, I don't mean to take it away from him, but like, right place, right time. Kind of, let's be honest. Yeah, no, no. It's and like, I mean, I, I watched the second half of the game, and it was, it was one of the things that struck me. You know that it, you know, there's no one in the stadium. Like a lot of these things do factor in, but like Breed said to me at the time it's disappointing this game and I said it's not pointless for the lad making his debut today it's not pointless for the family of that guy it's not pointless you know for that sense but yeah. like, did Andy Farrell learn a huge amount about what he has in the artillery probably not probably not but it's good probably to get well it's good to get the lads into that environment uh, they would have had a full week of training uh, in a new environment the coaches get to see what I suppose players skill sets are like what they need to work on Um Let's be honest, the game probably wouldn't have told him a huge amount, especially as you said in the second half when it got very loose and I suppose very open. Um, but it's good. That team, like, I think he made, what was it, 11 or 12 changes from the week before. Like, it's good to see us maybe developing a squad that we probably haven't have had in the past especially when you consider the lads that are away with the Lions. And that's where we'll move to right now as well, is the Lions. The the, the, the British and Irish Lions at the weekend played the Sharks. Uh, Tyke Furlong played in the game. Tyke Burney ran over two tries. Jack Conan got a try. The Sharks really weren't any much of an opposition either. That was another bit of a dead rubber there for the British and Irish Lions. Again, if you want me to be very honest. Yeah. Uh, don't know how much they really get. I understand, like, new team, they have to kind of like learn I suppose the structures that they want to play with the set pieces that they want to use but like the sh- some of the Sharks are backing up from on Wednesday they got a good scutching on Wednesday and then they went out 
and I probably if you're going to be quite honest about this like up until the sending off it was a it was a level game do you know what I mean and the Lions committed a, an awful lot of unforced errors which probably like definitely got lost over at the end when they scored 70 points but like it was 26 all in the early part of the, uh, the second half so I, I, I don't know what, how much you really take out of it like they're, they're probably they're definitely flattered to deceive with that result um yeah, yeah, no, I can see that there was no real fluency in in the game. You could see it that they weren't, you know, it was a very disjointed type of a performance. But the, the big question I'd ask you, Killian, like, I mean, like, like I know you and I know you're a massive rugby fan and this isn't me being critical of rugby at all, but the British and Irish Lions tour, my understanding of that tour was always about kind of the promotion of the game. You go down to a Southern Hemisphere team, lots of people get to see us all play, you know, two styles collide, but it was all about the interaction, the crowds, everything else. In the scenario that we're in at the moment with COVID and everything else, is this a really pointless exercise? They're playing in front of empty stadiums. Like, I don't even know if South Africa are going to be able to feed a team to play against the British and Irish Lions when the first test comes up. Yeah, hey, look, um, I think uh, the South African, uh, the SARFU, are really cash uh, strapped at the moment, so they need this to go ahead. Um, Almost, I suppose, to the detriment of the game. Like as you said, there, there's 26 cases of COVID in their camp at the moment, um, and I suppose they really needed to happen. Um, but for me, gee, I remember waking up on a Saturday morning watching Brian O'Driscoll play for the Lions, like against Australia, scoring great tries, and it's just they were brilliant, brilliant games. And as you're right, like the excitement and the buzz that any Lions game normally had in the past really isn't there at the moment and like no disrespect to the, the South African teams like a lot of those teams were playing in the Pro 14 and Leinster were giving them a good scutching so like you would expect like 15 or 22 internationals to go out there and absolutely hockey them as well like and and, and with, the, with the, the tour games like if you're in the Irish camp at the moment or the, the British and Irish Lions camp I should say if you're in that camp at the moment is there a point where some of the players are going to be, you know, a tight furlong's going to sit down and say to the lads here, listen, you know, my health is more important to me now than playing, um, you know, a, a game out here. You know, like, is, is, is it something that the IRFU or our English equivalent or what are going to have to stand back and look at it if this COVID cases keep increasing within the South African camp? Is there a real, like, is there a chance that this could actually be pulled? Um, I suppose there is. Um, to be I think you need to take it out of the players' hands, though. You know yourself from playing sports. Like any player, especially to represent the British and Irish Lions, will say, "Well, I'll play." Um, and I don't think they'd be that objective and look at it and say, "Well, my health, my wealth here." And say, "I think they will want to play." Like they're all young, fit guys. Um, and look, to represent the Lions, it happens once every four years. Um, I think they would, Eddie, they'd want to play that game. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of many cases in the COVID or in the South African camp with COVID, I think they will want to play. So you 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 would imagine that they they, they will drive on with this and, and I'd, hopefully... I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd imagine so. And I, 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 like, it's funny, I just had a look there to South African teams, uh, the, the, the so-called A-team that they're uh, putting out on Wednesday. And I don't know, it's a very, very strong team. Like... Willie LaRue, Colby are playing, like Dale Andy, like everyone in Ireland know who he is, like Fafta Clark is playing, Evan Etzebeth, like 
it nearly is a South African team. Like, you have to remember, a lot of these players are really undercooked. Do you know what I mean? And they need games of rugby. So, I actually think the game on Wednesday will be the first real test that the Lions have got since they've, I suppose they've come together. Um, I know I'm probably being a little bit disrespectful to Japan there, but I think Wednesday actually will be a proper game of rugby, which will be good to see because it's what it needs. It's, I think it definitely lacked a spark so far. Yeah, it definitely does need something to spark to just to get the interest in it. Like, because as you've rightly said, you know, I do remember, you know, you'd be getting up early in the morning to watch these games against Australia. I had to check myself to find out what, you know, when the games were, and, and that's a bit unfortunate. It's just the times are in. The, the last question I'm going to ask you before I let you go, Killian. Were you shocked with Conor Murray's announcement as the captain there when the injury hit there? I Personally, I was stunned, but I'm just wondering from you, somebody that had been around the rugby ball and kind of keeping an eye on these things, was it a strange call? Honest, yeah. I, like, like looking at the, the whole British and Irish Lions set up this year, it's just that it's, at all, it, it doesn't really seem, there seems something off, like how you can pick Marcus Smith over Johnny Sexton now is just, Beggar's belief. Uh, I know Sexton probably didn't have his greatest year, but yes, when Ireland played England, he was brilliant that day. Um, James Ryan not getting called up after Alan and Jones got hurt. Like maybe I don't know. There's a certain element of Irish lads being a little bit well. If you're not going to pick me initially, uh, I don't know. But like then the selection of Conor Murray. Didn't see that coming. I would have thought maybe someone like, well, I thought on Farrell or Toje would have been the the forerunners for that. But I don't know. It's, look, it's a great accomplishment, a great achievement for Conor Murray to get, be made like Lions captain. But yeah, it's stunned. But I suppose it was, I suppose it was a bit of an understatement. And, and I don't know if you if you you probably wouldn't have picked up on this now today because it's only after an announced in the last hour. But it looks like uh, Kelleher uh, might even. <laughs> Might be getting called into the into the into the Lions squad. Apparently, there's another couple of injuries and well, right place, right time certainly paid off for him at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, look, he's probably a little bit hard at Dunboy. Um, like he played very well for Leinster, and I suppose with Ireland as well. Like in Luke Town Dicky got picked, I suppose over him, uh, and when they had their game with Leinster and Exeter, I think look, uh, Ronan Keller was definitely better than. Um, Cowan Dickey that day so it's great look anytime you see an Irish guy getting a chance to go and play for the Lions it definitely helps I suppose pique the interest in it No and the very last thing before I let you get off uh, and, and go back to what you were doing yourself Killian is I suppose it'd be remiss of me not to ask you what the reaction in Wexford was today today and the draw of the hurling where Wexford have now been drawn to play Clare next Saturday in the in the, in the the straight knockout championship Can't wait And would you, would, would you be fancying them? Um, ah, look, I know a couple of the lads, and they're, ah, look, they're, it's going to be great anyway. Um, the sideline, I think, will be where a lot of eyes will be uh, focused. But um, no, hopefully they will. I think they're unlucky against Lee Kenny the last day. So, uh, look, I, every Wexford man and woman will definitely go and support them the next day. So I can't wait. Be uh, definitely the tie of the round anyway. No, it is. It's looking like a big one there and there and there, there could be a little bit of needle there. I suppose the the COVID earlier in the in the year has probably caused a little bit of restrictions. Obviously Brian Lohan and Davies well documented yeah. argument then it's all teed up lovely. It's bubbling lovely for a classic, isn't it? Who would you fancy now? In that there I would expect um I'd expect it to be very, very close to be honest. I just my only fear would be Wexford. I think Wexford had a very, very tough game against Kilkenny. Um 
you know, and th- th- look, they've had a little bit more time the extra day to recover. Um, I, I, I think it'll be very, very close. I think Wexford, Clare will have the upper hand on the fact that they beat Wexford last year uh, in in the knockout. So, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely think this will only be a one-score game. And I think if Wexford came out of the Kenny game unscathed and not too sore, they should be well up to Clare. They didn't perform last year against Clare. So, I think that game yeah. might have been a bit of a, you know, false dawn for Clare maybe. I don't I don't know. I know I, for, we'll know next Saturday though. I think Tony Kelly is the crucial of Wexford and kind of keep him somewhat quiet. I think there's a good chance, but that's easier said than done, as we all know this said. 100%. Killian, thanks a million for taking my phone call today. I hope you get to enjoy the Clare and Wexford game next weekend. I know yep. you'll only be able to enjoy it if it goes one way, but sure, hopefully it'll go that way for you, all right? But thanks a million for taking the call, Killian. Good luck. Cheers, Ed. That is, of course, Killian Lett, uh, who stepped in very kindly for us today as a blood sub there. Our usual uh, rugby analyst was unavailable to take the call, so Killian uh, very kindly stepped in as a blood sub for me this evening there, former Irish amateur international rugby player. Just to give you a couple of scorelines there from the weekend before Owen takes me to my ad break. In the football, Mayo trashed Leitrim on a scoreline of five goals and 20 points to 11 points. That game has sent ramifications up to headquarters in the GEA as they're kind of worrying now about the unevenness or unlevel playing field when it's team like Mayo was able to go out and just obliterate teams like Leitrim but who knows it's a small county Leitrim and it was a tough day for them yesterday in in in, in Northern Ireland in Ulster Donegal edged out Derry in a, in a really really good contest I watched that game myself it was 16 points to 15 points was the final score Derry led right throughout that game big underdogs going in led right through it right up until the last two or three minutes of the game Donegal got it back to level and if you get a chance to watch the score from Paddy McBurty to give Donegal that one point win he's 40 yards out gracefully standing wall of people in front of him and he just absolutely picks one out it was an unbelievable score and it was worthy of winning any game but Derry can feel very proud of the performance they put in they were very very unlucky and I know their manager Ronan Gallagher has said it's a five year structure he's working with there and the other scorelines from around the football championships Tyrone beat Cavan on a scoreline of one goal and 18 points to 13 points Curry beat Tipperary one goal and 19 points to one goal and 8 points and Cork beat Limerick by one goal and 16 points to 11 points right there on that note that's you up to date with all the football results from the weekend and we're going to take an ad break right there right now Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back. Last night, of course, was the Euros final. If you stuck on Sky Sports News today at any stage, you got to watch the full-on autopsy that we'll probably have to watch for the next month. So God only knows what it would have been like if they had one. But joining me now is Mikey Drennan. Mikey, the match last night. Were you very disappointed with the result, or, or what was your your own feelings? Um, I don't know. I was happy with it because I think nearly everyone in in Ireland were uh, sporting Italy. Um, well, I think look, sure, some uh, some of us, like I played with with a few of with a few of them against them and and stuff like that, and which is um, like, and obviously you want to see like I'd be kind of good friends with Jack Jack Reelish, so. Would have liked to have seen him win win it, but um, I'm sure look, it's uh, I think Italy deserved it overall. I thought they were thought they were the best team and fully deserved it. And just just on the match last night, Mikey, because like, we, we, we you know in the build up to the game, the English media have a tendency to do this anyway. They they build up every player to be the best player in the world. They build up their manager to be the greatest manager in the world. And then when the full time whistle is blown and the result has gone against them, then they ridicule them one by one and literally obliterate them. But 
Southgate, let's look at the setup he went with last night. He went with three centre-backs, two wing-backs as such, then your two holding midfielders in, in Rice and, and, and Pirlo there as the two holding, and then up up top you had the, the three boys up front. But what I will say to you is the game started absolutely perfect for Gareth Southgate. He must have thought, you know, I'm the greatest football manager in the history of the world. Yeah, I think, well, I think at the time, obviously when, when Lou Shaw scored, I think, I think that's probably probably the worst thing that could have happened to them because they, they seem to kind of sit back more like in what Luke Shaw scored was, was after two and a half minutes or yeah. something like that. And like they, they kind of sat sat back that sat about five, ten yards a bit deeper. Obviously, look, it's a, it's a tendency. That's what happens. Like, especially in a, in a Euros final, like you're, you want to hold on to your lead, but good thing that Italy are like they broke them down the end and from a set piece and... It was, it was a it was a great header, um, but I don't know. I kind of thought he'd go three at the back, but I, th- I thought they would have changed it maybe to because Italy obviously with their with their defence they're so well blocked. Like the the two blocks that they had, the their their four defenders and their um, their four midfielders. Like it's, I thought they would have went with Jack and Phil Foden, and obviously Phil Foden was was injured or for some reason. Um, but I thought it would have went to something there like that can kind of tread through a pass. But obviously, look, that didn't that didn't happen, and they obviously got off to the perfect start. But um, I just I just thought it was probably the worst thing that could have happened to them. Yeah, it's it, it's mad you say it. Like, but literally last night, the minute they scored, I turned around to my wife and said, "This is a disaster." And yeah. she she said to me, "An early goal, Jesus, no!" And I said, "No, no, that's England now not leaving their own half." for the rest of this game because what we have we'll hold but you can't do that after two minutes of a game and like this is now I'm not being I'm not going to be one of these British media people that starts obliterating guys after the event but like Gareth Southgate I kind of felt was out of his depth all the time still do and you know he's after getting them to European final he's proven me wrong every day of the weekend I'm sure he doesn't care what I think of him but like England had really really good players on the bench there and you know, did he not have the confidence that, you know, it's all well and good saying we've got Grealish, we've got Sancho, we've got players like this, Phil Foden. Did none of them really got a chance in the Euros, did they? No, not really. That's when, that's why I was, I was kind of surprised. He kind of sticks to the players that work hard, that, look, look you have Mason, he's a good player, good on the ball, but he doesn't have that that final pass, you know, like that, fine, that kind of killer pass at the end where, you can just open up a defence like where you'd have Phil Foden who could do that, Jack Reilly can do it. Um, that's probably, and then you have like Sancho, Sancho barely barely got a run. Same same with Jack. Uh, Phil Foden started the first game, didn't start it after that. I don't know. It was just a strange. He likes to stick to to the players that that he kind of knows and, and and trust basically. I think a lot of it comes down to trust as well. Um, like for anyone, like Jack Reilly would be. Probably the first name on the team sheet. Like it's, it's just strange the way, the way, he, what way he's looking at it compared to say everyone else. Like because everyone else was is saying the same. All the football people uh, were saying like that he should have been playing every game. So, it, but look, what are we to, what are we to say he's he's been um, doing that for a long time. So yeah, no, no, it's and it's a fair point. And, and Grealish, I'd agree with you. Probably would have been the second name on the team sheet after Calvin Phillips, the greatest footballer in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> us, us, us Leeds fans will take every 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 opportunity we get to uh, praise heap praise on on, on, on the Yorkshire Pirlo but in fairness to Calvin Phillips Mikey he had a, he had a wonderful Euros he did he was, I thought he was fantastic I think Leeds will do well now to hold on from this summer 
Um, I think they'll do very well. Um, I'd like to see Matt United now. That's I think I think I think we're very lucky in the, in the sense that Calvin is born and bred Leeds United Football Club and he's managed by Marcelo Bielsa who's probably the most uh, iconic manager in world football I think Phillips does credit nearly everything to Bielsa so I don't think you'll be going to anybody uh, too soon if I was to ask you a couple of questions just before I let you get off the air um, you know, and I'm, I know I'm throwing you really in here on the spot but for you who was the, the player of the tournament in, in the Euros this year? Um, I I probably would have said probably Keelini at the age that he's at, and just the whole like the way he went through games. And it looked it looked easy for him, and the way like they celebrate after like say header the ball away, clearing it away. I think it's just brilliant. And at, at his age, I just thought he was brilliant. Like, and you can you can see the, the two of them together, him and um. Uh, but it's what's uh, Bocce or whatever uh, is there. Yeah. yeah. And two of them there, they're just they're they're brilliant, like and and then Donorama them behind them, like it's um I just thought he was I thought he was just the, the, the standout player and and brilliant. I thought he won the orders. Just to, to have that experience and leadership where I think England lacked they didn't have that big that kind of big game kind of men, uh, mentality like in international football where the Italians had had the two centre halves and then Verratti there as well in the middle I thought he was brilliant and, brilliant and, tournament. and the team of the tournament do you think the right team won it? Yeah definitely yeah. I, I, I thought well, well to be fair I thought France I thought France or Portugal would have been probably the best team but then watch, but watching the games from the group stages I was looking at Italy and you're they're very well drilled Mancini has them lovely like the way they press press high kind of like a Kind of like a Bielsa, just kind of basically press, 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 and then sit back when they need to. And, and I just thought they were, I thought they deserved it. I think they'll have a great chance now for the World Cup next year as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think Mancini is, as you say, he's a, he's a brilliant manager, and he seems to have created a kind of a club atmosphere with that team. That seems to be really well bonded. The last thing I'll ask you is just VAR at the Euros. Um, I know it's really, really criticised in the Premiership every week with the the whole VAR. The Sterling incident aside, the Sterling dive aside, did did VAR kind of do its job for this Euros? I think it did. Yeah, I thought I thought it was actually I was kind of fairly surprised at how well it was run and and stuff like that. Um, obviously the, the Sterling one was I think it's just bizarre. Do it? They didn't even have to let to overlook at the screen. I think that's just the the biggest one I'm kind of baffled about. I just I still don't know why why he didn't go over and have a look at it because I thought look he, he did get contact, but. I don't know. It's just kind of it's it's hard to know and what to, and what to think. But I I thought it was brilliant, and hopefully now that carries on, I went to the Premier League. Um, with this, with, with all this working and and with the offside as well, I think hopefully there might be a little bit of a, a change to that and give kind of the forwards the more benefit of the doubt. Um, this year, but for luck, we'll wait and see anyway. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it will improve. I did ask a guy that last week was far, um being used very well and he said it to me that the difference in VAR now and VAR in the Premiership is the officials that are looking to fire European officials during the Euros and he said it's them agents that we're using in the Premiership that's the problem not the technology um, so yeah. he might have a point uh, I, I, I think he does yeah that's what I mean it's you probably want to get those who haven't over the VAR to go in and go to the Premier League referees and, and get them to to change like I just I just don't know how it was so it was so well run this year. 
Um, and then in the Premier League, there was just so many controversial um, decisions that just that still kind of baffled me. Yeah, like, and I don't know. It's just hopefully, hopefully it works works out for next year anyway. No, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Mikey, listen, thanks so much for taking my call there this evening. Um, the, the very best look to you over the next couple of weeks and months there, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you on the radio in no time at all. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks very much. That's brilliant. That is, of course, Mikey Drennan there, who very kindly took my call there this evening to just have a quick chat about the Euros there. And Mikey, of course, a, a super soccer player himself, and uh, be interesting to see where Mikey's going to play his trade this year. Right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with Owen Carey in two. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. And you're welcome back to full time. Just to bring you more up to date with some other scores from around the weekend's action. First up, Molly Scott, of course, was running in Tallinn at the week or earlier in the week. And Molly was very unlucky. She ran her own personal best there of 11.47, which, as I said, was a personal best for Molly. But unfortunately, it wasn't good enough to qualify her for the finals there. But a superb run for Molly, and she's just going from strength to strength. So with a bit of luck, that improvement will continue there. So well done to, to Molly Scott. Conor McGregor was out, of course, in the UFC at the weekend in uh, episode three of that fight with Dustin Portier and unfortunately he had a nasty uh, leg or ankle break injury in the first round of the fight don't know if it was you know caused by some action in the fight or whatnot but either way it was broken he was stretched out of the ring and I'd say we could be looking at the end of Conor McGregor or the end is very much near anyway I'm sure Ken Maguire will bring us all up to speed with that and in hurling Westmead beat Kildare on a scoreline two goals and 19 points to one goal and 21 points Mead beat Curry 28 points to one goal and 21 points Curry miraculously ended up still managing to get through today I'm never using that word again on managed to get through to the Europe er, the McDonough Cup final where they'll be playing Westmead so it's Curry against Westmead will be the curtain raiser for Kilkenny and Dublin next week in the minor All-Ireland final which we brought to you live on KCLR on Saturday Galway beat Kilkenny on a scoreline of one goal and 17 points to one goal and 14 points in an absolutely brilliant game Kilkenny were so unlucky there and in the under 20s at Nolan Park Cork under 20s won the All-Ireland All-Ireland beating Dublin on a scoreline of two goals and 19 points to one goal and 17 points. Now, for the last bit of the show today, I was reliably informed by Shane O'Keefe, who's kind of keeping an eye on everything I do in sports, that Owen is the go-to man for the AFL down in Australia. And Owen, we're into week 17 of the AFL. Week 17 of of uh, 23, so yeah, we're, we're getting to the business end of the... I don't know what Shane O'Keefe was telling you, by the way. I think <laughs> lies, lies and other lies. Uh, it was a very, very interesting week around 17, and uh, we saw some serious upsets this weekend um, of, of teams at the top of the table, uh, but no change at the top. Melbourne still uh, ahead after, uh, after, what, 42? I think they're ahead by 42 points or so. But a, a very, very interesting game. You have the likes of uh, uh, one of the other great... Melbourne teams Richmond um, you know coming off the back they're a bit sluggish they've won now there's very good reason for that they've, they've won three premierships uh, in a row and uh, you know they're, they're they're finding that sort of mid-season mid-season slog at the moment they had uh, uh, their second second meeting with Geelong and um, in the first meeting back in March back in the early rounds Geelong, Geelong absolutely hammered them by oof, near, near 100 points in that game it was 80 points anyway of a victory um, but uh, this time around it was expected that the game would be a lot closer Richmond actually had the game really in the first two quarters really really good kicking really good you know they looked a better team than they did last week I've been following Richmond
Richmond now week in and week out and they've just slowly, slowly, steadily declined as the season has been going on. But they were expected to win this one. Uh, it was big, you know, there was a decent crowd at the at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the MCG. Um, but uh, Geelong won this in the end a little bit closer. They took on the game in the last two quarters and uh, uh, what, they won it by, uh, what was the final score? 71 to 87. So yeah, it, 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 there was some very, very interesting games this morning. I was going to say, Eddie, I'm absolutely shattered after trying to watch these games at the weekend and, and, and try to keep up with the hurling and football as well. Um, sleep wasn't a factor for me at the weekend, but we had games running into into today and a huge, huge game today for for um, for for uh, West Coast uh, against North Melbourne. And that would have been a game, to be honest, uh, West Coast would have been expected to absolutely walk away with that one. They were beaten and they were beaten in the end by 10 points. So a really, really interesting weekend. Of uh, NFL games and, um and just just on the on it own because you'll have to educate me a small bit here, right? Mm. Like the Bulldogs, Bulldogs would have been overwhelming favourites to win at the weekend against Sydney, and they got beaten by nineteen points. Like they were, I know you said it was a weekend of big upsets, but we're we're in week seventeen of twenty three, so there's six more rounds of matches to go. The top yep. eight then go into what we call the Super Eights here. It's it's that's it's, right, and. Is it is it straight knockout at that stage? Does first play eighth, second play seventh? It'll be it'll be a straight it'll be a straight knockout pretty much, and and they'll run through to a a preliminary final. So they will they will actually they will decide say the a winner based on the league system. They'll have a preliminary. There you go. I can't say what was your word. I can't say preliminary. Preliminary. Thank you. That. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, they'll have that final, and um, then they'll 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 have the grand final at the end of October. But uh, you're right. You're right. They should have beaten Sydney at the weekend. Sydney Sydney have been entertaining to watch uh, this year, but at the same time, um, for a team for a team that uh, are in the top eight, top eight, Sydney Swans should be in the top eight. And and should nearly always be be there thereabouts. But they were, they were beaten uh, this weekend. That was a cracking game too. Um, disappointed, disappointed in 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 uh, in the Bulldogs in, uh, during that game. But um, there's still room for a few more shocks. I think we're still you know. Um, but then you take Melbourne, who played Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide fifth in the table. Melbourne played them. Melbourne are top of the league at the moment. Eighty six fifty five. Big win there. Huge win, and they can afford they can afford a couple of defeats here and there. So, like, is it Melbourne's to lose now at this stage? I, I'd have to say so. I'd have to say so. It's definitely it's definitely Melbourne's to lose. Uh, you know, even even with a couple of uh, even on bye weeks, uh, and one or two that they've you know with a game like this weekend that they've had uh, dropping points. I don't think they're going to be majorly panicking you've got six you know you're talking six rounds left to go uh, they're still top of the table and I would say comfortably so I would I would expect them I would expect them to be there or there thereabouts well I'm going out now after this and I'm going to buy myself a Melbourne singlet and I'm going to be telling people I'm going to get Kerry and Scally written on the back there so I'll be using you as my prediction for who's going to win this I will so you be better back, be right I will be back for a further update because I tell you we're getting into we're getting into the serious crunch time now cannot wait for the final series no brilliant Owen oh, thanks a million that's where I'm going to leave it with you for full time this week I'm looking forward to talking to Owen again next week about the AFL but thanks a million for all our contributors tonight Seamus Kelly who came in to talk to us about the Camogie Killian Lett who brought us up to date with all the rugby Mickey Drennan who was talking to us all things soccer and of course Owen who's done everything for me tonight and brought me up to date with all the AFL stuff I've been Eddie Scally and I look forward to talking to you all again next week 
0% finance, 100% confidence. With a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low-age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all-electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at $12.99 per month. Visit lahartsvolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.